Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 25. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? Doing great tonight, man. How are you doing? Doing good. I can't wait to cover this last episode of TNT versus GCW is their last show uh, in Liverpool. It was a... I like the kind of feeling of the Survivor Series because we had all TNT versus GCW. So it wasn't like we get to see GCW versus GCW or TNT versus TNT. So that kind of made the night more fun for me. Dude, this thing was absolutely fantastic. Um, we're back at the hangar. It was like, I don't know, it's becoming fan like a little bit familiar. I like how the fans are. So it gives you a feeling like, oh, you know, this is a fantastic place. It's like seeing the carousel room. Yeah. One of those kind of things. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell people, there's actually two things. Number one, if anybody hears anything in the, in the background, that is, uh, either Lucy or Luna, those two dogs that I think I've taken a picture of and shown before. Uh, sorry about that. If anybody hears one. And then I wanted to also mention these fans are so fucking awesome. There are so many chants and they carry throughout the show. So I just wanted to tell everybody here when it comes to my notes that I'm going to basically report the unique chance instead of just posting the normal chance that would come up all the time. So um, that's all I really wanted to mention before we kick this thing off. This was just this was exciting. Yes, it feels like my new home overseas. I'm going to be missing watching the toilet sign in the background. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're not going to be seeing the toilet sign for a little bit. Maybe oh. maybe next year when they go back, hopefully they'll return to Hangar 34 and we can see maybe a different oh. colored sign would be nice and awesome. Where do we wank, bro? Oh, Where God. do we wank? <laughs> right there. There's a big... The island is huge. <laughs> and like I said, tonight <laughs> we're covering GCWs versus TNT <laughs> from the Hangar 34 in Liverpool. Yeah, and I'm piggyback off what you said too. The, once again, we've said it quite a few times over the last couple episodes, but it's just bears repeating because the crowd has been awesome. And this was another show where they right away, they just bring the energy right from the get go, from the first match all the way to the end. And as you said, you, the unique chance, that's not something we can really say out here in the U S it's always fuck right? so-and-so or this is awesome. But obviously the UK crowd definitely has had a lot of a uh, very unique chance pretty much for every wrestler, which is kind of nice or been nice and fun. So, mm-hmm. We will hop right into the action as the first match of the evening. Once again, Blake Christian is opening up the evening, but this time he is going against TNT's Robbie X. And I know I've seen Robbie before. I want to say it was maybe like a Rev Pro show or a couple Rev Pro shows. I was kind of watching the. I was watching that for mostly Will Ospreay. Like I said, when I find new wrestlers and stuff, from wrestlers that I love, I go out and watch their promotions. Then I see a bunch of new, more people that I never heard of. Um, Robbie X, I did know of him for a couple, about two or three years though, but uh, I knew just seeing him from his rep pro show, I believe it was, that this match against Blake Christian was going to be very high pace and stuff because Robbie's a great high flyer and Blake, and do everything but we've talked about his speed and this short ring which has been awesome and amazing too so i was very much looking forward to this another hot opening match of the night and that's kind of what it turned out in my book what was your thoughts on this match john yeah it didn't disappoint i was expecting an athletic match and they definitely delivered this was uh, like there were flips everywhere i don't know another way to put it that was just flipping freaking everywhere uh flying everywhere i don't know of a better way to put it because if you try to put moves to this i'd be writing forever it'd be paragraphs full of moves 
Um, long dueling Robbie and all heart chants were going on for minutes and it was surprising even to the talent and you can see because they're trying to go through their different sequences and the fans just won't stop this dueling chant it was really good uh there was a spot where Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Robbie had climbed the walls and did this backflip off the walls I thought that was fantastic and unexpected both looked both looked kind of physically equal, and they were booked physically equal there. There was no face or heel in this either, unless there was something I missed. It was just two competitors going at it, and I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, last time I saw Robbie, I don't. he was not that big. He was a little bit more skinnier, even kind of more skinnier than Blake. So, yeah, he kind of bulked up from when I last saw him. So I was kind of wondering if he still did the high-flying stuff that I saw him previously at another at the like i said the other promotion and um yeah he came out right away and as you said there was they were flipping inside the ring outside the ring it was it was a fun match i loved how robbie x kind of caught him um in a what was that fireman's carry and like was going to do a move to him but then like blake christian started elbowing his way out of it you see kind of robbie just kind of lose consciousness bend like not bend down all the way over but he still held on to blake but kind of was squatting back down like he was going to fall but then one of those elbows woke him up and then he was like in such a deep squat where he just sat right up to and then you see Blake like, oh no, it's not working and doing like the turbo elbows. I just loved how they, <laughs> like Blake kind of, I just love seeing like there's little spots like that because like it adds to the more, it adds to the realism for me because like, hey, Blake, if he's still hitting him with the power shots and it almost worked but it didn't, he's thinking in my mind, oh, I got to quickly switch it up in the turbo one. So I just love seeing the like the psychology and matches and that was an awesome one. And Blake Christian, we've said almost every show, he's killed it and had incredible matches in the UK. And once again, this was another match that did not disappoint. But I also think Robbie X came out a huge winner um, throughout this match as well because he definitely held his own and kept the pace with Blake Christian. So this was a very fun match. Good way to start off the evening. And Blake Christian does pick up the victory as he uh, hits Robbie X with a double suplex and then quickly follows it up with the curb stop, uh, curb stomp for the victory. And both men hug. Everyone wins. Fantastic match. They do need to meet again. And of course, the fans chanted the only time I think I heard during this entire tour, please come back. So we heard please come back chants. From fans here to the brothers and sisters over there, we appreciated the appreciation. So, yeah, he's uh, Blake Christian is still ours, damn it. So don't try to take him to anytime soon. And I heard that chant quite a few times. So I really like. Oh, really? Yeah. The please come back chance, because I think uh, they, they knew like, hey, this is our last night with GCW. Hopefully we'll get him back. And uh they, they kind of like was like, as that's when we see wrestlers like for the first time commander, I remember everyone saying, please come back. We see him for the first mm-hmm. time. So that was another cool thing that the UK crowd did and just shows like how knowledgeable they are of the GCW product. And I loved hearing that because it's obviously I, I chant that in Vegas when I want to see them again. I'm like, please come mm-hmm. back. I don't care. Like, come back. I want to see you all the time. But great way to open up the night, just like how they did pretty much every single opening match of the three shows that they did that weekend. And that will lead us into the second matchup of the evening as the Kings of the North, Bonesaw and Damian Corvin, go against a temporary team of Jordan Oliver and Ratty Daddy Cole Radrick. And 
Yeah, as you said the night before, that was news to me too. I must have missed that. That Cole is filling in for a injured Nick Wayne who was hurt in the Joey Janela match. Um, so hopefully Nick Wayne comes out healthier, be just fine. We do see him uh, in our next show that we'll cover in LA. So he, we do know he is fine, but he was still sporting, as you said, the shoulder injury. That explains it now. Because like I even heard during that LA show against Nick Wayne in Gresham's match, how they said it was kind of a lot shorter than what kind of everybody wanted because both both yeah. talents were injured and i was like okay i don't know gresham maybe like why he hasn't wrestled in a while maybe that's why he hasn't wrestled on top of everything else that he is injured or sporting injury and i didn't know about nick wayne's injury so that that made it all make sense to me so um seeing the team of cole radrick and jordan oliver i didn't mind it uh, they kind of mesh well together right. i kind of like their attitudes and how they kind of played off each other during this match kings of the north are Pretty impressive. I would definitely want to see way more of them, but their size, they definitely had the size advantage over Cole Radrick and Jordan Oliver. So what were your thoughts on Kings of the North versus Cole Radrick and Jordan Oliver? So I noticed that the GCW talent were all coming out in GCW shirts. I really do think it would have been a little more special just for fun because they had a great idea with the USA flag. I think it would have been even more fun if it was half USA and then the half Union Jack design. That would have just been freaking awesome i think i know they talked about it on the podcast i guess somebody yeah. in the uk brought it up it's like hey please don't use the union jack because and then kind of explained it i understand what you're saying i get it to it i don't even know like i still don't kind of know what's wrong and that's fine i'm ignorant i don't want to history like, yeah, yeah some type of history, history we don't like know that. But I that I just remember them making mention to it and stuff like that. And I did love how they did with the GCW because it kind of, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, that it sound it felt very much like a Survivor Series, our brand versus your brand kind of night. And I love yeah. that kind of feel because especially GCW, we're on they're they're on their home turf in TNT over there. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like seeing how the crowd would play off of who they're going to shoot here for their home guys or the new GCW invaders. And I just like how that added for me It added a lot to almost every single match throughout the night. And the commentary team kept on making mention of who won and who lost. So it kind of felt like who's going to be yeah. the supreme brand of the show. And I, to me, that added more excitement and entertainment to the show. And it added another dimension too. It was nice. Mm-hmm. The commentary was man. I, yeah, it was fantastic. They were talking about that. I think the Kings are a solid team. It's a great mix of different between those two, but they're similar enough to still be a team. They work well together. I would like to see more of them. Like if GCW comes back to England, I'd like to see them try to face another team. I um, the Mega Bastards, something like that, where, you know, uh, the Kings were heels, though. They were starting the match by throwing their shirts at Cole and Oliver. Cole ended up taking a lot of the team damage here. He took a lot of that offense. Oliver was down for quite a while, and that's why Cole took a lot of the damage. But initially, I thought uh, Oliver was injured because Cole was taking so much damage. Uh, But yeah, Oliver popped back up. He ended up fighting on the bar with I don't know which one. But we ended up seeing a clout cutter off the bar, which was absolutely fantastic. And the Kings being who they are with their heels, uh, with their heel personas there, they were doing the referee interference thing, and they ended up pulling the ref out of the ring during the three count. So the Kings were really doing a great job at being heels, and Cole and Jordan were kind of playing the kids who were trying to get, uh, trying to kick the shit out of these veterans that they know they had an uphill battle. That's what it kind of felt like to me. 
Yeah, that's how I, I would have felt when I first saw this Kings of the North versus Jordan and Nick Wayne. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, hey, this is kind of a another big test for the tag team of Jordan and uh, Nick Wayne because obviously Kings of the North, they looked like they looked like the tag team. They had matching gear. They've probably been teaming for a while. They had great chemistry and tag moves. So I thought this would be another step of, hey, prove your guys yourself as this up-and-coming tag team. And I think Cole Radjic fit that bill pretty good. Um added, like I said, a little different dimension to the team because Paul Radrick uh, gets a little crazy, obviously, as an extreme champion. So I was kind of wondering if they would bring a little extreme into this match because of Paul Radrick being added to it. But I think the extreme part was awesome when they went outside. To, yeah, that spot, the the clout cutter off the bar was pretty fun. I loved watching how they, in, loved how they incorporated the bar and stuff like that. And seeing them out in the crowd was pretty fun watching. And this was a very entertaining match. It uh, was, did feel short. It was a nine minute match, almost 10 minutes, but it was like very fast paced, kept on going. It told a great story. Once again, I loved how uh, Jordan kind of went around the ring and delivered Nick Gage's boot scrape to everybody. Kind of once again, calling homage to Nick Gage. So, um, and then <laughs> Cole Radic and Jordan did the little, the uh, the little suck it and the pedigree into the yeah. I think uh, pedigree into the stunner or I forgot what it was but I love that little spot it was pretty cool I uh I have a feeling we're gonna see the Kings again it was really a strong opening for both teams I was really really happy with it oh and our winner of the match the Kings of the North they ended up hitting I believe Cole with a really strong finisher and it did have a finisher's name but whoever was on commentary at the time was so happy with the finish that they kind of yelled it out like sometimes you hear somebody go clout you know you can hear that same thing this was somebody that was yelling out the finisher's name but I couldn't understand it it was way it was not as clear as clout cutta so. <laughs> yeah, it was uh that was a yeah, crazy clothesline that he hit on uh Jordan for the victory and Jordan. Okay. Yeah. But it was it was it was a fun match. I would I think like I said you said um the mega bastards if they want to get ultra violent I wouldn't mind. I yep. don't know how violent the Kings of the North get, but I think I said this on night 1 when we first saw the Kings of the North. I want KTB and Dane Mercer. I think that would be match Ooh. up against the kings of the north just based off they're both kind of equal in size and kings of yeah. the north had a pretty uh unique moveset and ktb and chain mercer mm. always have a unique moveset so that was the tag team i thought uh right away to see against the kings of the north but this was fun very good second match and uh now it is 1-1 tnt has one victory gcw has one victory and that will lead us into our third ma- uh, match of the evening as Man Like Darice goes one-on-one with our lovable asshole, Tony Deppin. And uh, Darice looks impressive. <laughs> like, yeah, I-, I love the look. I ne- That's one person I never saw until this uh, weekend. And just the look on him was incredible. And... Right away, I was like, "What is Tony Deppin? What is Tony Deppin going to get out of Darius in this match?" And um, Tony Deppin, of course, I think told a great story during this match. Uh, it was a fun match. Tony Deppin was back to being <laughs> his asshole, asshole self. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this match, John? Tony was colorful. I think would be a good word for it. He's back to doing all of his old tricks again. He goes out to the ring. He throws a hat off of a fan's head. He's yelling at the crowd. Total heel shit. He moons the crowd at one point, which, you know, Tony (laughs) tends to sometimes do, which incites a shave your ass chant from the crowd. (laughs) Fan fucking tastic. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, honestly, I have to say it again because I haven't said it for a while. And um, Tony Deppen, though, he may be an asshole, but he is our asshole. He's a fantastic heel. And um, that's where I really wanted to start with in this one was, yeah, Tony Deppen. But Darice, holy shit. Great athlete. Absolutely entertaining. Him and Maloney are the two guys for me that really I feel like are holding down that company. And they do a hell of a job. I would like to know what Darice is saying. I don't mind watching a bunch of matches to find out. Yeah, I definitely want to see more Darice. I would like to see him, Slater, Maloney, and Kings of the North. Like I said, hopefully they all just come and they do the kind of the same exact uh, mm-hmm. weekend, except out here in AC or somewhere out here in the States, because this was fun matchups. Like they were stylistically really good matchups for uh, company versus company. And I liked how when Tony Deppin threw the hat, like you see Darice walk out there. It's like, no, you're not doing that to my fans. Come <laughs> on, guys, give me that hat back in. Of course, the fans obliged and got gave the hat, the fan back his hat. Then you just see Tony Deppin like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? They're killing my gimmick here. Like in the middle of yeah, his opener. Exactly. too. Yeah. So you see Tony kind of getting a little upset and it's like pushing him on the outside. Get your ass in the ring. That's where you should be. You should be out here. <laughs> this is my time. So. And that's the stuff we love about Tony Depp, and I love it about him. He just, hey, this is my time. It's my moment. You can stay out of here. But, uh, yeah, this was a fun match. Very clean, very solid. Uh, told a great story. Jay Reese looked very impressive. Tony Depp, obviously, I think, helped out a lot. I don't know. Like, Tony, DeReese looked like he could have a good match against anyone. I'm not saying he got carried during this match, but I think, obviously, Tony Depp always brings out more from his uh, competitors that he's going against. And that just makes it so much more fun to see those people kind of get the rub off of Tony Deppin. And yeah, this was, this was a great match. I loved it. It was fun. And I want to see more DeReese. It was just a lot of great wrestling, a lot of back and forth, a lot of false finishes, which I thought was fantastic. It added a lot to the story and to the emotion of this. It was a quick 10 minute match. It could have easily went 15 Again, Tony was a great heel. At this point, Darice was just a great face. Yeah, I can only say that it really could have went longer. And I, I totally forgot too when uh, the crowd's chanting at Tony Depp, and Tony's like, "I don't understand what you're saying. Like, what are you yeah. saying? Like, that's like Tony's so good at his job. It doesn't matter. Like, like I said, we saw the night before him pulling Leon Slater back into the ring. Say, hey, you earned it, kid. Take your shine. You did a good job. And then the next night, we see." The asshole turned up to a thousand instead of a two hundred, and yeah, this was an incredible match. I definitely do want to see Day Reese. I would like to see him in quite a few matches with uh, some of the GCW roster because his look, his style, his charisma—like he he has like looks like the total package. I don't know how young he is. If he's young, old, I don't know, but he looks impressive. And if he is young, I think he's got a great future to build upon. Kind of reminds me of a little Shelton Benjamin-ish, like. Just the way his look was, his kind of style and in ring too, where he has a lot of the like the technical ability, the like the not the amateur wrestling background it looked like, but also the springs in his legs to do some incredible high flying stuff. And yeah, that's a great company for me. That's a combination of a wrestler that can do all of those things and put it into one. And I love it. Dereese was absolutely fantastic. All I know is, yeah, that's one of the guys where. I wish we can unplug him for just a little while and bring him over here because I'd like to see 
how his gimmick would go over in America. Now, I know at first it might be a little rough because the music situation, not a lot of people are going to understand what he's saying. They'll, they'll yep. be interested in the music. But he's one of those ones where his music will sink in after the third, fourth, fifth, sixth match. And maybe someone may go look it up and find out what he's actually saying. Um, but I do feel that he would easily go over and he may be one of those ones that he's too big for a scramble. Like he might be too much for a scramble. He's he's something else. Uh, I was happy to see Deppen, our gatekeeper, working with Therese. I I really hope he wasn't disappointed, but I'll tell you, Tony seemed really, really, really uh, impressed with what Therese was doing out there. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think Tony had a fun time working with the the people that he worked with out there because it was like <laughs> this whole time I just seen nothing the whole three nights nothing but fun entertaining matchups the crowd enjoying it like I just don't see how any wrestler could be unhappy with anything that was going on but and the TNT talent absolutely stepped up especially on this night I think and I yeah it was it was. <laughs> Match number three, just the hits keep on coming, and Day Reese does pick up the victory as he hits the 450 splash on Tony Deppin to give TNT the 2-1 lead in the matchups for the evening. That will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening as we have a six-man tag match as Team GCW, represented by Alex Cologne, Jimmy Lloyd, and John Wayne Murdoch to going against Team TNT which is Big Joe, Clint Margera, and Drew Parker. And yes, if it's anything, right away when I saw this, I was like, if it's anything like the death matches we've seen, especially from the night before, with all six of these competitors, I was going to enjoy it. And I sure as <laughs> shit did, because it was like a mixture of those two matches that they had separately the night before, just combined into one, and it was fucking fun. What was your thoughts on this match? Yeah, absolutely fast paced, just like the match before, just like you said there. This match, um, I'm waiting for the setup because we know how we always see maybe tubes come out and whatnot. Okay, so here's what comes out. We have boards full of lit candles, boards of kitchen knives, light tubes, doors, chairs, skewers, and gusset plates all over the place. And let's not forget it took about two minutes in, maybe a little less. Drew's throwing fucking darts. So this thing was not only vicious, they ended up fighting all over the arena. There was a spot where Cologne and Drew were fighting on like a top level balcony of this place. And all the guys come out because they're doing the catch him kind of spot. And Cologne was the first one to take a dive. And then Drew right after it all looked fantastic. Um, this was just exciting. Eight minutes. Again, I say the same thing I'm going to say yesterday. It could have been longer. I really... Um, I was really impressed with everything that went on here, and I hope to see more of these again. Uh, it's kind of sad they're in small doses, but it's kind of cool they're in small doses because if you can pack that shit in nice and quick, it probably lessens your amount of injuries. But again, the only thing I do see would be the fact that you're looking at six men swinging shit at the same time. That can also get a little chaotic. So if you can get in and get out without injury, the quicker the better. Those guys, again, packed eight minutes worth of shit uh probably 10 11 minutes worth of stuff into eight minutes yeah like i think that's when we know it's kind of a, a good match where i want like we want to see more of it but then like okay why would i want to see more what could they have added more and then i'm just like more violence i guess because what they did in that eight minutes was pure violence and non-stop yeah. go 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 so it's like 
I want to see more, but I don't really need to see more because they, it's a fucking fun match. Like, I, I, I'm just always stuck there. Like, I don't know which way I want to go. And I think that's a good thing to have because we obviously want to see the competitors more. But if they just put on a great match in that eight minutes, like, we can't justify why we want to see more, obviously, other than just see way more violence, as you said, way more chances of injuries and stuff like that. And yeah, this was fun. I just, I do kind of like this shorter style. But I also do like it when Drew Parker and Alex Cologne get 17, 20 minutes to tell a great yeah. story. Kind of let stuff breathe, which is, I guess it's fine. And a multi-man deathmatch, I don't mind no breathing because it's just nonstop. Two guys over here beating the shit out of each other. Oh, there goes light tubes over there. There's gusset plate over there. So it does kind of make it fun where there's always something going on. And like, yeah, it's it was fun. Um, I loved Drew Parker. I love when he does the darts. And I think he got, I think... It was uh, Clint Margera or... I'm sorry, not Clint Margera. Um, what? I forgot who it was. I think it was Jimmy Lloyd that, before, like, right away, before even Drew Parker does the darts, gets the tattoo needles on a Parker's head. And even when Parker's doing the darts on John Wayne Murdoch, you just see, like, one or two of the tattoo needles still sticking <laughs> up out of his head. And I was like... Because at first I thought his hair. I'm like, what the kind of static electricity is that? And right, then I'm like, right. oh, that's still a tattoo needle on his head. Like, oh, my God. And, yeah, I don't have... I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say about this. It was fun. The balcony spot was always fun watching. Drew Parker's an insane guy. Like, he has zero fucks, cares. He's will jump off a 20-foot ladder at the showboat, or he will jump off a, a bar or on the balcony above the bar at Hangar 34. Like, Drew Parker's so impressive. And I'm going to mention what I said before yesterday. I want to see way more Drew Parker on GCW screens. And you know, our winner here, Team GCW with a brain buster on Mr. Clint Margera. You know, this there was something here at the end that I think I want to mention because people do forget that this is still an art form, but all men still held hands and bowed at the end, like the performance that it really was. And I think it's just like adding wrestling to these deathmatch shows it it reminds you that there's an art here and that's where the appreciation comes in yeah that's that's it i just wanted to say it was really cool to see the art form come out and um you know it's it's just kind of cool yeah i i like seeing the whole uh handshakes and stuff like that especially when it's deserved i kind of agree with Stephen a on the the world deathmatch podcast on gcw's patreon yeah i like seeing the handshakes at the end of matches but when it's deserved like i know all six of these competitors have a lot of respect for each other and it just absolutely makes sense that they're gonna uh shake hands afterwards because i i'm pretty sure i wouldn't be surprised we already know big joe was announced for ngi but i wouldn't be surprised if these are six out of the eight competitors in ngi but then that only leaves two spots to fill if they do keep it an eight person tag and there's a lot of different ways they could go but going back to the the shaking at the Handshakes at the end. Uh, I know Stephen A. on the GCW plant or not plant podcast. Uh, World of Deathmatch podcast on GCW's Patreon. How he always kind of makes mention. He hates how after every single match they always give respect to each other and shake hands. Yeah. I don't mind seeing it. I think for a lot of the times it makes sense. It's like, hey, it just shows. Hey, I lost. Even though I'm the bad guy, I could still be the better person and say you were. Or, and I could be the better person say you were the better person tonight in the ring and give you that respect but i can still also be a heel and hate you and hey i'm going to come back next time and if i have to cheat or do something dirty to win i will do that so i do like the handshakes but i also kind of 
don't want it being overused, especially if there's like a big feud going on and stuff like that. But GCW has been really good with kind of making that make sense with the handshakes at the end and stuff like that. But very entertaining match between Team GCW and TN, uh, Team TNT. And with this victory from Team GCW, they have tied it up and it is now 2-2. Two, two. Heading into match five of the evening. And match five is Lizzie Evo going against Alley Cat. And this was this was a good match. I haven't seen any of Lizzie, so she was brand new to me. And I was kind of obviously when I don't see anybody interested of how they're going to mesh. And uh she looked at her, she looked like she had a good look, a good size compared to Alley Catch. Like, hey, it's gonna be not just a walkthrough. Uh there she's kind of right up there with Alley Catch inside. So I thought this was gonna be a pretty good stylistic match. I wonder when Alley Catch is gonna bust out the knife in her matches and <laughs> I just never know like how violent she's going to get. So, uh, but seeing kind of how Lizzie was, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a regular kind of match. And that's kind of what it turned out to be. What was your thoughts on this match? Okay. So I'm going to go back just for a moment. Cause you were talking about how people congratulate and how some yeah. people, you know, they're not really big on it or they see it too much. Okay. So here we go. Let's, uh, let's go back to the seventies. 70s are a good time to say it, okay, because that was the uh, the time of all the territories. So men would jump territories and they'd come through different at different times. You know, somebody would go through Memphis and then they'd jump maybe down into the Tennessee area and maybe run through Atlanta. Okay, so when these guys came through, you'd have to understand that this was also pre-internet and a lot of people weren't getting television outside of their territory unless they were sitting on one of those lines where if they were lucky they'd get like oh, in my yep. case i was lucky to get chicago and i would get new york because the span in the 80s was it was a little bit larger of a reach so um people like that would be able to see some from other places but not everybody would so back in the day when people were not familiar with these people bringing in somebody from out of out of uh, the territory was a big deal so also what's interesting is since there's not a lot of exposure in these territories when they come in, one of the big things is after the match, they make like a, a big deal or they give a congratulations or a, hey, this guy for coming out and doing this. So this is actually an old thing that has been on for the longest of times. And all it is is like, hey, thank you for coming out here. You know, our crowd gets to appreciate you for the last time. So now what has happened here is that because of the internet, we see these guys every night. You know, I'm seeing Kirk, uh, I'm seeing Kirk every night. I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing Nick Wayne two, three times a week. So there's no introduction anymore. So it's kind of hard to do that. Hey, this guy is great. Hey, this guy's great. No shit. We see Brandon Kirk four times a week. Okay. So that's why, um, that level of respect is always shown and you see that from the territory days and it still lasts in the indies today so that's a leftover thing and it does go on it probably should go on less but if you're an indie fan or somebody like that you probably know most of these guys exist and you know and, and see but there I'm, you go there's the yeah. history and see i'm a i'm a pe teacher so obviously one of the most important things i always teach these kids it doesn't matter if you win or lose you always say good game or nowadays they say ggs to each other but yeah. you win or lose that's all i want to hear just those two words don't say anything else don't need the bragging don't need the whining that they cheated just say ggs give the respect be respectful and move on so I do absolutely love seeing that because I actually feel that way. I love 
see a good sports show. So that's like when football players like, oh, yeah, you'd like lay the shit out of them. As long as they're not concussed or hurt, but you help them up right, and make sure they're okay. Right. But like, hey, yeah, you, you stuck me there. Like you're getting pretty good. I love seeing that because it just adds into the whole uh, camaraderie that all these wrestlers have, especially in the wrestling world. All the wrestlers, it's one big locker room. Doesn't matter where yeah. you're at. It's yeah. whatever locker room. You're all working for the same goal and to help each other, protect each other, unless it's a death match, obviously. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, yeah. I like yeah. seeing, I don't mind seeing it, but I do kind of agree with Steven, like how, and you, how you just said, sometimes it is way overdone. And like, there's sometimes I'm like, okay, you just did it like three times in a row to people. Like, you don't have to do it every single time. I really like to yeah, see it like yeah. how Tony Deppin did it where, hey, no, get your ass back in here, Leon. That was an unexpected performance. The crowd popped for you. They, You blew their minds. You deserve this kind of moment. You take it. I love seeing that. Like, because it gives the person that was maybe didn't, no one expected to be that good. Of you're getting that rub from a just like to say Tony Deppin. You're getting that rub from a respected, probably GCW regular in that locker room. And now that you've earned their his respect, you probably earned all of their respect. So it's very cool seeing that uh, those competitors get that kind of love. So I love moments like that. Okay, so back to old Lizzie here and Allie. Both women really had more of a good old fashioned slobber knocker. No shit. It was a lot of kicks, punches, and holds. 20 30 years ago this would have been a decent average match even by those standards this was a, a step back in time but it was an interesting matchup lizzie was new to me so i really did not know what to expect yeah i was the same way i don't <laughs> i didn't really know what to expect from lizzie either but she held her own it looks like she knew what she like obviously not knew what she was doing but she looked like she's been like polished and she looked way more aggressive way more a lot more moves than i thought because not knowing her i kind of she looked kind of young i was thinking maybe she hasn't been wrestling for a long time so maybe this is kind of like hey go out there make a name for yourself with alley catch like you still might lose but at least you'll be out there with alley catch getting the recognition getting the bigger platform to put on a great performance to kind of show like hey you're ready for this moment maybe she's a regular i have no idea i didn't absolutely do research and i do apologize but it was a fun match it was it was clean solid they didn't tell like a huge story during it but i just loved how the pacing of the match was kind of always uh felt like a normal kind of gcw match go 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 and they both I think it was a nice, solid match, especially for coming out of the intermission after the craziness we saw from the first four matches. I think this was a great spot for it to kind of, hey, get the crowd settled back in and get ready to uh, take it to the next level. We need a marquee women's wrestler who can really, really put it down wrestling-wise. I think Allie is about three-quarters of what she could be. I'm not lying, and I mean this in the best of ways. I think that Allie needs to get super fucking focused because any woman of any importance or that's worth a shit that's coming through those doors is going to come through Allie. And honestly, I only say it, it's like I have a kid who's capable of so much more sometimes, and I push him because I see so much more in him than he sees in himself. I'm really saying that now. I really think that she is capable of much more I think that she needs to get out there and do whatever it is to take herself to the next level. I think that she is capable of being on a microphone. I think that right now, and, and this is my opinion, I see a lot of singles alleys matches kind of not always being more than 
the setup before the main event or the breath before this. And I don't think that's fair. And I'll tell you why it's because when I see Allie in Bussy, she's a completely different monster and in a good way. And honestly, I wish I could see more of that in her singles work. So I just wanted to kind of mention that real quick, that really I see maybe more in her or others maybe see more in her than maybe she knows she's capable of or sees in herself. And she needs to step away from that for a little bit, get her head straight and realize that outside all the fun times, like she has something real there and she could really do something with it because she has all these other pieces in place. Get back there. Get on the squats, make sure you can pick people up, work on the arms, make sure you're able to put, throw those punches the way you want to, and you be ready because you're capable. And I mean that. That's really what that is. It's There's no dig here whatsoever. I just think she's running 75% and she could do a hell of a lot more. And I hope she gets there because she is our marquee woman or our marquee woman in GCW. And um we all want our best foot forward and I'm hoping she does the same thing because she, again, last time I say it, she's so capable. Yeah. I think I know they had uh, a GCW women's title. I think it was GCW. It might've been the JCW women's title, but either way, they still kind of mm -hmm. own it. And I think it was Deanna Perrazzo, if I'm not mistaken, was the last champion oh, or current that's champion. Right. But I was kind of hoping after seeing all these matches and as like you were saying, I think if she's not going to be teaming with Bussy, even though they kind of still are still doing the all those tag matches that pretty much everyone in the Art of War, they're kind of recycling those kind of matches or giving us different variations now, like how they were heading into Art of War. But I kind of agree with you, like where I think she would at this time now that she said she's done kind of everything that she did with FBS Team Bussy with the GCW tag titles and kind of they kind of wrestled every single person every tag team that's kind of on their roster, I wouldn't mind seeing her bring that, maybe that back out of retirement. I don't know if it's in retirement. I was just checking cage match while you're saying that to see like what happened with it. Cause I remember a couple of months ago, maybe it was a, almost a year ago, maybe, but uh, seeing Deanna Peraza on JCW defending that belt. And I was kind of thinking yeah. like, yeah, like let's bring that belt back into GCW instead of giving Allie all these like brand new matches with these new competitors. I think they should start telling a story with Janai Kai, Sawyer Wreck, Masha, um, you're, you still got uh, um, Billy. Billy fucking yeah, Starks could hold that for a it, while. Yes. She works so fucking hard. She could carry that belt. I think they should bring back that belt or bring it out of retirement. Do whatever they need to do. Bring it back and start telling more of a, the women's division, kind of building that up, telling a lot of stories. And that just adds a lot more stuff that they could do with their product. And obviously, adding that title will make it a lot more fun. And I think they could do a lot of things with uh, bringing that title back for Alley Catch and for all the other women as well, because it would add another mark. Like, as you said, they need marquee. What better way? Like, hey, you have the GCW women's title. Let's bring Deanna Peraza back in with the belt. And now there's a marquee woman on a bigger. Well, I don't know how much bigger. I I like GCW more than Impact, but you know, it's like a bigger, well-known promotion worldwide. <laughs> yeah. And but seeing it defended between all these women, I think there's a lot there with adding the belt in. You could go back to some of these matches that they've all had with each other, and now make it for the belt, give it a purpose, a storyline, a reason that would make it a lot more, I think uh, for me, meaningful for all these matches, mm -hmm. for all these women, not saying that they're not meaningful. They're the women's that matches there, but I just think you have that belt just sitting there. Why not use it and 
use it, it for sense. good because it would i think it would add a lot to the shows and a lot for the the women that wrestle for gcw so I, that was just my opinion when you were saying that because that popped in my mind I'm like wait well, yeah, what happened hmm. to the gcw women's title but um this yeah was- i'm thinking i'm thinking it's a lack of being able to have four to six women on the roster at one time constantly which because we see a lot of women come and go we see a lot of men come and go but it's really hard to find a lot of women that are, you know, of at least GCW, GCW level quality where they can come in and take an ass beating and give one at the same time. And they bring um, bringing in a lot of names too, like Maki Ito, yeah. Jungle Kiona. Um, who else did they just bring in? What? Oh my God, what's her name? I loved her. The Ring of Honor, does she just wrestle against Jimmy Lloyd? Ah, I forgot. Oh, uh, I totally forgot her name. Oh, but... what's her name? At the Boonton, at yeah. the Boonton Elks Lodge shit i couldn't tell you that's a good one though that's a hundred dollar question i would have lost <laughs> i totally forgot um, i get just space in my mind because we're doing this podcast and i'm not thinking about it but i mean they do bring in a lot of women i think that would be yeah elevate those matches with ali catch or masha or Sawyer or janai kai or billy starks it elevates those matches and i think it would get the fans more invested adding the title into it having storylines being invested of who is the lead woman of gcw so i just think there's a lot yeah. of stuff that they could do that um as we always say we just always try to figure out our little booking ideas and that was one that just came into my head during this match and during your comments so, on this match. what i was thinking was if we don't have a lot of women that can carry and we know they can show up to every show like ali does then we still should give the belt to ali and let her reign unbeatable as talent from other companies come in mm-hmm. it would only build her it would only help her the other thing is it may expose her weaknesses so that's where i say she definitely needs to step up because this is a situation where she gives us that other 2025 20, even a, a little bit more than what we think is in her which i'm sure she's capable of then there's no reason why she shouldn't be holding the title this whole time. She should be the fucking queen of GCW. No shit. That should be on a shirt. She should be reigning yep. over GCW as the queen right now. I can see. Go ahead and take that idea too. I can see them like having yeah. that, having her like all bloodied up, holding that belt or having it around her shoulder or waist and just all the blood streaming down her face. I think that would be an incredible shirt yep. and just an incredible look. Put a crown saying, on her. Hey, this, you, you think you're a badass woman? Come to our division. We'll see who's the badass because obviously the women in our division, yep. GCW, is way more tougher than you with Alley Catch being on top of that list because she's been through some incredible matches against men and women and some pretty brutal matches where she, as you said, is well-deserving to kind of Bring that belt back, take it to another level, carry it for a while, yeah. and then when it's time, build someone up like a Masha, Janai Kai, Billy, somebody, and then boom, now you have a nice storyline and match that could elevate not just the women's title, not just Alley Catch, but the future title holder of that belt. So there's a lot of stuff that could be done um, that obviously we would like to see. And go and our winner. Oh, yep, go ahead. <laughs> did we announce a winner? No, we did not. <laughs> our winner of the match was Lizzie with a knee to the head, knocked the shit out of Alley. Yes, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that I'm need- not Mister Finisher sometimes <laughs> on this. No, that knee to the head was pretty brutal, and that gave uh, TNT the three to two advantage for the night. And that will take us into match six of the evening as the bad boy Joey Janela goes one on one with Gene Money. And yeah, this was a new character I'd never seen before. I, I can't even remember if I said his name right or not. Was it is it Money or Mooney? 
Uh, we'll go with money. Yeah, I like that. G money. Sure. G-money. I don't have I like an answer. Name. So <laughs> I like the name. I know, I right? <laughs> but he did it. Like, he was, uh, he looked unique. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, had an interesting look. I'd never seen him before. And of course, these are the people that Joey just, Joey, I think, lives for these moments. Like, he just wants, hey, let's bring yeah. some obscure yeah. guy in this week. Next week, bring me a legend. Next week, bring me a young guy. Next week, 500 pounder. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's. This is why I think Joey loves being on the indies and loves what he's doing right now because he hasn't had a bad match in a while. This, once again, was not one of them. He had a great match with Gene Money. Very comedic. Uh, told, a lot of, <laughs> told a lot of funny stories during this match. G, G Money. I'm going to call him G Money. It's a little easier for me. G Money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, held his own like uh he was interesting as you said unique uh i will let you go into some of the reasons why he was unique no, but he was unique no 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 yeah no okay so you're right i haven't seen anything like him before either so this was something completely new to me um joey needs nipple tape ends up being one of the chants that ring out um amongst the crowd so. yeah to have matching nipple tape like gene money has Right, right. That, yeah. So that was uh, in my notes where I wrote down here, dot, dot, dot. And I wonder why Cornette says shit about us. And I said it like in a funny <laughs> way. It is, it is hilarious because these are going to be one of the ones that really, you know, shape his ass. Yes. But we had uh, Bad Boy versus The Good Boy. Love it. Money's The Good Boy. So we had little chants back and forth. Bad Boy, Good Boy. Um, Joey was primarily in control and he was the ring general. In this match, I could really tell from the beginning. Nipple tape was a focus for over half of this match. Joey kept losing his, so we had to keep reattaching, and the fans kept him honest. If that shit fell off, they made sure he knew it. And there was a great uh, oh, go ahead. I just want to say for those of you listening that have not watched the show, when we're saying nipple tape, we are talking about actual black X-shaped X-X's. nipples, yeah. <laughs> uh, tape that was on Gene Money's nipples and uh they shared yeah they had you know? g uh i think did joey rip it off of him and then put it on him i can't remember how that happened but uh joey does end up taking one of the the nipple tapes and putting it on his own and yeah the the, the nipple Dude, they, funny man they teach you that in kindergarten always share your nipple tape they they yeah it's like and the then the underwear spot I don't know. I don't know if you had that in the notes. Oh, I didn't, no, I, didn't I don't. Notes, but like the underwear spot was pretty funny too, where Gene Money like ends up pulling his underwear underneath the trunks, way up above his belly button. Was it big boy pants they were saying? Something was like it? That, pull up your big boy pants, I think. Probably. I don't know. That's I might probably be. a good saying. And then Joey's trying to pull up his, and like he could barely get his up. Like he's like got like a small underwear on. So like, I just love the comedy of this match. And that took up like first like five minutes of this match. <laughs> And and it was a good. It, the whole thing was at least comical and entertaining. And the and crowd enjoyed it for. too. Yeah, the crowd was so. Oh into yeah. It. <laughs> uh, there was a spot where Joey kind of had a chair set up, and he landed on his back, and the chair did not break. It just bent. I can't say it any other way than that. It was just crazy to see DJ King and Emil discussing the use of the word "wang" in their respective countries <laughs> was probably one of the highlights of that match. I, I really did enjoy it a lot. Uh, Joey went through a guardrail and bent it really bad at one point. If anybody's been watching Joey matches the last couple times, they've noticed that Joey likes to use a guardrail. He'll prop it up in the uh, corner of one of the one of the ring posts there and boom. So uh, it was different. It was something I'd never seen before. Gene Money was different. And in a way that 
I just, first of all, I wonder if it's good or bad, but I think it's good when you can't be totally described for what you are. I think it can be a good thing because that means that I have nothing to compare it to. And I think for some people, especially in wrestling, that's the point. I was point. just about to say, in wrestling, yeah. that's a great yeah. problem to have. <laughs> it makes yeah. you stand out from the crowd. It makes you completely different from everyone else. Uh, and obviously, like, hey, you haven't seen this on your show, have you? Add me to it. Let's give it a chance and see yeah. what happens. And yeah, he definitely has something going for him, G-Money. Uh, after seeing this match, I was kind of like, why didn't they do anything with Effie <laughs> during this match? I think this, after seeing this match, and first time, like I said, seeing G-Money, I thought that that would have been a, one of the perfect opponents for Effie during this weekend. It would have been a four-way. This next match was uh, oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Monet, Effie, and Visage. Yeah. Visage, I think it was. They could have thrown him right in there. He would have fit 100%. And then Janela could have fought... Uh, father time i don't know father he could you know he could have fought Chanel could have fought someone else though because yeah money would have fit in that triple threat yeah but yeah i just had to say it was a fun match typical joey match actually not a typical joey match it was about half the time for joey joey probably was ready for hey when's my next match because this was only an 11 minute match but uh typical joey match had its comedy at the beginning gets serious in the middle gets a little comedy again and then goes into the hot finish and uh Joey Janela does pick up the victory as he hits the top rope double foot stomp onto a chair onto Gene Money for the victory. And that ties us up for GCW versus TNT. We are at three victories apiece. And that will lead us, as you said, into our triple threat match next. And it is the uh, the three competitors were Shea Monet, Effie, and... As you said, I think it was Visage. I kind of, once I didn't, <laughs> I hate to say this, but right. once, once I didn't hear KG, I did turn it down. But once I did hear uh, Emil was on it, I did turn it back up because I always like hearing Emil. And that DJ King was actually pretty good. I didn't mind him at all. Like, I like how he gave a lot of the background to the wrestlers we didn't know. I learned a lot more about right, the wrestlers right. through him. So that was fantastic. And his voice and his enthusiasm that they had for the whole GCW, like he fit right in. It was like, it seemed like he was a GCW announcer for the UK. So, um, Definitely didn't mind DJ King in there because they he provided a lot to this, uh, these matches. And this was one match where I didn't know anything of Shamanay or Visage and um or Visage. I'm sorry, I might I if I missed it, <laughs> I didn't hear it, but um it was supposed to be originally Shamanay and Effie. And then right before the match really? started, yeah, right before the match started, Visage came out and kind of like the whole crowd popped. And that's right. Uh, DJ King was like super like that he, he was awesome because he put visage over like hey this is a big deal and so it made me kind of focus more i'm like oh okay i've never seen these people why are they a big deal dean shaman and fb this is going to be an entertaining match and let's see what now what happens when we unexpectedly to the fans throw it uh throw another competitor in and make it a triple threat match and this was yeah just another entertaining match um visage is pretty over with the crowd like i said i don't i have never seen anything um, from them, so I will have to go check that out to see why, uh, how the pop got so big. But yeah, what was your thoughts on this triple threat match? Okay, so I realized right off the fr- right right off the get go that Shay had awesome colors. It looked like highlighters. It was like highlighter bright colors. Again, I always mention how I'm big on colors. Um, all three women can sell a hit. I wanted to make sure I said that right off the front because they were all fantastic workers. Um, speaking of matches, we wouldn't have seen 30 years ago. We have this. So I wanted to mention that for people who really could appreciate it. 
this would not have went off. If anything, the WWE would have turned this into more of a comedy thing, and it didn't need to be because after me watching these three performers, I'd realized how good they were. They were putting on a hard-hitting match. If anyone was watching, they could see that. Visage had a couple of really nice spots. A very good wrestler throws, she throws an excellent punch. They all worked in this match. I don't know if I have another way to really say that, but that was really the big takeaway for me was that Visage is somebody I need to see more of in a way like I want to see her again, like right now. Shay, I need some more time on. I'm not really 100%. And I believe that's the second time I may have seen Shay because of the big gay brunch. I think it was number five was the most recent one. Yeah. Um, Shay may have been in there before, but I know that's the one that I believe I had last seen them in. Yeah, this, uh, this, as you said, that you had all the spots there. It was hard hitting. This was a fun match. I, and this is one of the times I really loved when Effie did his drop down move because this uh, uh, Visage just got really into it, <laughs> nailed Effie. And you just see Effie kind of fall back, but then like rise from the dead is like, give me more. That's what daddy likes. And I, that, that was one of the spots that he does that I really liked it because it worked in perfectly for this one. And yeah, all three competitors was. There was good. I, I kind of did like, as you said, I have uh, Shaymane. I've never seen any or Visage. So adding Visage's matches seemed to mean a lot to the crowd. So I'm kind of really glad they did that because it was pretty a surprise moment for the, the people in the crowd. So that was cool seeing them get excited for, I'm going to assume, one of their homegrown talents that are out there and seeing them in a match with Effie and seeing all three awesome. of these competitors like absolutely killed yeah. it. It was a good, good match. I love the storytelling added funny spots to it hard hitting. It, it hit like all the different boxes that I look for in especially like Effie's matches. I kind of know we're going to get some of those spots that Effie does. I just always wondered how he's going to, uh, modify it. Cause every single time it looks to be different when they, when Effie does these spots and, all three competitors just gelled so perfectly and i i enjoyed it it was a fun match okay so this is kind of you know what i'll go ahead and announce the winner we have uh shea monet with the winner with the win here i don't honestly know um who it was that it was on i'm guessing it may have been effie but i you know don't quote me i'm so sorry but yeah i can see why visage was so well received when she showed up like i i totally get it now this is another one where i wish we could pick her up then and bring them to america a hundred percent so we talked about effie's big gay brunch i personally just wanted to mention this for a minute it's kind of a me thing because i didn't i didn't talk to be about this but effie's big gay brunch effie mentioned the lgbtq plus community was not being taken seriously in wrestling and given enough work i completely understand that i i do see that a hundred percent I also want to say this, um, back on TV, 60s, 70s, if you were the gay character, you were always the funny gay one. You were always the one who always told the jokes. You, you couldn't be serious. You couldn't show um, serious emotion. You couldn't, you couldn't be a full character. You were always the joke, but people were always laughing with. So I wanted to explain here that if the community wants to be taken more seriously, we need more serious matches. I would say that to any community. I would say that to say, I don't know. I can't think of a different community where, but this is one where I would say, 
just take out some of the jokes. Be more serious. Anything sexual? Absolutely. There is a place for that. I respect that. I just want to say that if you want to be taken more seriously in any position, in any job, you act more serious. If you do that, it, it shows. This triple threat match, they did their thing. They had a good time, but they also did a lot of ass kicking. Effie has a lot of fun as a singles wrestler, but when you see him in Bussy, he's an absolute ass kisser or ass kisser and ass kicker. <laughs> okay. At some point, yeah, I, I just would like to see some of those jokes take a backseat. Not every person has to be funny. Okay. Um, but I can say that both the, both the fun and the talent can commingle. Quite a few wrestlers do that really well. But if you're talking about really getting work and money, we're talking about mainstream appeal. And when it comes to mainstream appeal, it's not about they don't want me because of this. They don't want me because of that. It could just be that um, that character doesn't connect. You're in an acting world. It's OK to change characters if you need to. And 100 percent, please bring up, bring yourself to it. But I just wanted to say um, I do see this a lot. And I would say if I'm a promoter, there's quite a few of of uh, the LGBTQ plus, And I don't say this right always because I'm not Mr. Wonderful at this either. But I'm trying to, you know, get this right. But from somebody who's an outsider at this point, who is a married male and so on and so forth. And I fill all the boxes that a lot of people fill. Um, I would say if I was a promoter, I would be looking for only one or two to come in and be the funny ones. But then I would probably hire six, seven or eight that I know what that would come in. And regardless of who they are, give me a fantastic fucking match. And guess what? If you give me a fantastic fucking match, people are going to show up. We're going to make money together. So I was just saying I saw this in TV a long time ago. Sometimes I see this in wrestling and I think maybe it's just not being sure of oneself. Don't be lost in just one identity. There are so many things you can be wrapped up in and your your life is so many choices. I would say definitely um, take yourself seriously. I know many, many, many do. And if you do so and you show it out there, there is work out there. Um, don't be down on yourself. I've seen so much talent that FP and several others have brought to the forefront uh, these last cover, uh, these last several years. And I've really been impressed. And I wouldn't have seen quite a few of these people if someone didn't give them a chance. Now, quite a few people for the last couple brunches, they've been given a chance. Get serious and get out there because quite a few people are looking for talents just like you. Just get serious about it. Keep yourself, keep the jokes, do whatever you need. If you have to mainstream, fine. If you don't want to be mainstream, you're an FE style. Appreciate that 100%. That's fine too. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of big brother for a second and be like, guys, appreciate what you do. People do appreciate it. Be yourselves, but also understand you do have to fit a box. Unfortunately, it's called the television. And that's kind of one of the best ways to make money. It is hard to strike out on your own, but same thing with wrestling. If you personally believe in yourself, your business could go a lot further too. Yeah, personal advice, big brother advice. I, well, I like how Epi kind of does both. Like when it's time to Absolutely. get serious and go after John Moxley, he does. Yep. When yep. it's time to have a nice comedy match, he incorporates it. But like, it seems like he always hits both. Yeah, he always hits both every single match. Where I like it because you're, I'm not just going to see one version. He's always, as you said, dynamic, evolving. I, yes. I just love yes. how 
he modifies, as I said during this match, modifies to different spots. It's the same spots, but every single time with whatever the competitor that he's in with, it looks different every single time. It doesn't look like the same old shit as we kind of see in wrestling. The same old yeah, spot, yeah. the same old way where Effie evolves and is changing. And I just really love how Effie kind of does both is what you were saying. And- yeah, I just, I just, as an outsider, I just thought it was cool to mention that. I, I don't know. I think, I, I think there is a lot of money to be made. I just, I had no idea who Visage was tonight and then came out there and threw some amazing punches, did some great work. And I'm like, I'd love to see that person hired over here and make some money. Yeah, Visage was a very yeah. nice addition and surprise to that match for me because I think that added a whole different element to that match that made it a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we did say the Shamanade, uh, Shamanade <laughs> yeah. pick up the victory, and now that gives TNT a four to three advantage over GCW heading into the main event of the evening. Uh, actually, real fast before we actually head into the main event, so we were kind of yeah. talking about we hope to see uh, GCW back in Liverpool at some point. It was right after this yes. match that they announced it that the GCW will be back doing another uh, tour of Liverpool and working again <laughs> with TNT uh, in 2023, and the crowd went crazy. I actually went crazy just because I was more happy for the fans that I get, just because I get to see the fans. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely own the show and to like add so much to it. So I was kind of happy to see all the fans again in Liverpool more than just see the action again. But also, I love, I want to see Leon, I want to see Dan Maloney, I want to see Vistage, I want to see Kings of the North, I want to see Derice, I want to see a lot of people from this TNT roster a little bit more often. So, uh, it's nice to know that at some point in 2023, GCW will be making the trip overseas. Liverpool again, hopefully in Hangar 34, and then maybe they could change the toilet sign instead of blue to green or red. Kind of switch Ooh, up. You know what? Look. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm a green <laughs> fan. Like tonight, I have blue. I have toilet blue on my wall tonight. <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, uh, you should have the absolutely just a sign that says "toilet" with right over your head. The LED. oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so here we go. Uh, Cardona out, fingers up, baby. That's how it works around here. And the fans fucking gave it to him. He comes out wearing both belts. Yeah. Which we, is just fantastic. So I, we didn't, I didn't say who was in this match. Uh, it is the main oh, event. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I was started it, then I went back to the announcement. So that's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, the main yeah, ev- your fault. Yes. <laughs> the main event. I was paying attention, I think, too, right? <laughs> The main event of the evening is for the TNT world title as Dan Maloney, the TNT world champion, is defending it against Matt Cardona. And as you said, Cardona out, fingers up. I love it. Go ahead. So, yeah, he comes out wearing both belts, you know, carrying the GCW flag, so to speak. And it looked good. I just I love it. The whole look guy has a good size, good height. He is the quintessential 90s 2000s wrestler all the way down to the tan no shit i think that's the best way i can put it but cardona for a bad guy he has the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand and i don't know if the crowd realizes they're not the ones in control here he really is telling them how to react and what to do he just he does he knows it and they react accordingly i just don't think they know that i think he does like a great like it's so plain and easy like his yeah. His promos aren't like like 
groundbreaking where, oh my God, he's a heel and he's getting that kind of heat. Like he's just saying the same old shit that they did in the nineties and two thousands. But I think his yeah, delivery, yeah. literally just him being in GCW is enough to boo because it's just the total outlier of the last outlaws. You got the outlier in Matt Cardona. So um, him being in GCW ring does make those promos like very, it's easy what he's saying, but he, as you said, has absolute control. And that's just shows how great he's been uh, lately on his little run here on the indies. Woo, woo, wanker. If there's <laughs> anything I will remember from this trip, it's woo, woo, wanker. And of course, as people, wanka. As soon as people are saying that, you hear him say, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. It was just fantastic from Cardona. So he does the whole I demand respect thing. He does a lot of stalling in this match, which is definitely a heel thing. But it's moving so slowly and there's so much stalling that Maloney grabs a mic to kind of taunt Cardona and he starts calling him woo woo wanker. So now everybody's involved. We're just sitting around calling Cardona names. He's grabbing the heat. I mean, he's taking in all this heat. Um, a chant that took a while for Cardona to figure out that the crowd was uh, chanting was <laughs> Chelsea pegs Cardona, Chelsea pegs Cardona, which I great chant. I'm, I don't know how we didn't have that in America with all the sick fucks that, that we are. Um, Maloney has great strength for his size. I caught, I saw a couple times where he had to pick up Cardona over his head, fireman's carry style. And he was able to get him and looking at Maloney, it was almost like looking at a tree because there was just so much Cardona hanging on Maloney. <laughs> um, there was a great fake injury spot, which is something that Cardona is kind of known for ever since he's gotten that elbow injury was that uh, that fake spot. So Cardona at one point says he wants to jump ship. And he breaks it. He tears his T-shirt and there is a TNT T-shirt underneath. The fans go, we don't want you. A couple of people go, yes, we do. Yes. But, but the only other thing I wanted to mention, because I thought it was kind of funny and it was such a big. Once you think about it, you look at it, you'll notice it. But Cardona is so big. He made the referee look really small. Yeah, Cardona is like he's kind of like one of those like surprisingly giant guys. Like one that still gets me, and I kind of knew it because I kind of saw him at the mall next to me one day when I was like a teenager. But just surprised like how giant he really is because I always saw him on TV. Was a uh, Billy Gunn. He was at the mall out, yeah. here, out here one day, and I like I was at I think it was like a chocolate like, getting chocolate. And, like I look up, I'm like, oh. That Billy Gunn and like I just got it. I looked up. I was like, I I actually said this. This kind of sounds like a movie. I'm like, Billy, like, and he just like looks down at me. He's like, What's up, little man? I was like a teenager, but he's like, What's up, little man? I'm like, Is it you, Billy Gunn? He's like, Yeah. Like he was actually talking, but he's a giant. I was like, He stands next to some of these competitors. You don't realize until you see the size difference in the ring. And like back in the day, there was obviously bigger wrestlers. Nowadays, there's a little bit smaller wrestlers, but. Uh, yeah, Cardona's got that good size that he might look like an average size wrestler, but compared to when you see some of these other indie wrestlers or smaller wrestlers, like you just really notice how big he really is. And um, yeah, yeah, Dan Maloney, I thought I I know you kind of have this in your notes because I kind of had the same thing, though, too. I thought for a main events like we could talk about this because I don't want to steal your thing. But as the main event, like, no, 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 there's no stealing here. This I wanted to see more wrestling like I, that was yeah, way yeah, yeah. too much talking before the match. I think it was like at least eight minutes of just Ardona talking, the introductions. 
Cardona jumping out of the ring right when the bell rings. It's like, okay, for main event, I kind of... We haven't really seen much of it other than the match against Nick Gage, but I want to see a more serious Cardona. Like, just go in there, sick of all this shit, sick of being disrespected. I'm going to show you why I was in WWE and why I'm too big to be here with you, GCW. Like, I don't need you kind of thing. Like, I want to see the kind of his demeanor turn to more of a more badass kind of heel. But he's playing his character well. But I, for main event, I really wish I would have seen just... Matt Cardone and Dan Maloney just put on a 20-minute great match instead of a 10-minute promos, hiding, running, and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it took, for a main event, it did take it away for me to kind of end the Liverpool weekend. I was kind of hoping for just an absolute banger to steal the night. And like, after seeing this match, I kind of wish the death match, uh, Team GCW versus TNT that we had earlier, I really wish that would have been the main event given this amount of time. And Maloney and Cardona could have done eight minutes of this somewhere else on the card because as a main event I left disappointed unfortunately because of the lack of in-ring action. So I was watching it and I initially thought that this was just going to be the way it was. I was thinking maybe Cardona had an injury and this was his way to get around it a little bit was to have a lighter wrestling uh a lighter wrestling match and then just use his mouth to kind of get through and that's fine and he can do it. But um both men are so damn good they could have seriously gone a while if they wanted to and 23 minutes i mean okay no shit there could have been six minutes of talking and 18 and a half minutes of action and no i don't want to be hard ass on it but let's be honest this was one of their last times here in uh in england for a while and i would have really just like you i would have loved to have seen them close the door with fashion it would have been fantastic the only other thing I have to mention here was that Maloney's finisher, the Drillakilla, looks looks dangerous, like especially on larger men. Like he had to put that on Cardona. And if you look at it, I mean, that guy really has to keep his like you really have to keep your shit together, even as an opponent to pull off that Drillakilla without fucking up your neck. Yeah, I mean, I it, it I it's been I'm, I'm rewatching it right now just to kind of see the time. No, it's okay. What you thinking? No, it took 15 minutes by the time Cardona made his entrance. So Dan Maloney finally got his hands for the first strikes of the match. It took 15 minutes. Oh, no shit. So that, like, yeah. like I said, if you're going to have this kind of match, I don't think it should have been the main event. Absolutely throw that in somewhere else. Or if you're going to give them 23 minutes as the TNT champion, this would have been a great so showcase for Dan Maloney. For the U.S. audience, for maybe some U.S. promotions, to maybe get a good look at him. And hey, if he could go yes. with Cardona for 20 minutes and have a great match and hold his own, maybe we need to see more of him out here and start getting some looks out here more because Dan Maloney's got a look. He's impressive in the ring. Cardona could go in the ring when it's time for it. I just think for a main event, it was way too much wasted time. And I wasn't like, I was actually like, as the match was going on, until Cardona ripped off his shirt, and I'll kind of, I want to talk about like what I was thinking on that point too. But uh, by the time, like before Cardona turned his shirt, I was like, why didn't the, that would have been an awesome way to end this weekend was Team GCW, Deathmatch Wrestlers going against Team TNT's Deathmatch Wrestlers. Give them 20, yeah. give them that 20 minutes of just straight killing each other, telling a story, and that'd be a great way to end the evening. But um, yeah, when Cardona did the fake ripoff shirt, I was actually thinking, 
that, hey, look, I'm on Team TNT. See, I don't give a shit about GCW. Here, let me lay yeah. down and take the pin. Like, kind of like to trick oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for him to kind of do the trick that other people usually do on him and kind of reverse it. And then how I have everybody just like, okay, we all hate you. They Like, you just bring out 10 GCW wrestlers, 10 TNT wrestlers, give all their finishing moves to Cardona and end the night with TNT and GCW tied at four and four. No winner. Oh, that would have been killer. And all standing, holding hands and standing on over Cardona. Cardona still laid out in the middle of the ring. I thought that would have been an awesome way to end the night after seeing the possible swerve and switching teams of Matt Cardona. But like I said, I was just disappointed that this match didn't have more action. And uh, to end the night and to give team... TNT the victory of the night. Dan Maloney does win with the Driller Killer. And TNT picks up the victory on this show over GCW 523. Uh, like I said, overall great card, great night. I love the variations of the matches. Every match was clean, perfect, stylistically, very good. I just wish the main event would have ended for me a little bit more happier because, like I said, for main event, I just don't think that was a good way to end it. But it is what it is. Still very fun, very entertaining show. Uh, Cardona still is uh, not everybody's favorite asshole. He's just an asshole to everybody. Just an stuff. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, that will be it for TNT versus GCW. Fun weekend. Very, very fun weekend, I think. Like I said, I was so glad. When I actually, like I said, popped when they announced for 23. Because I was just like, yes, I get to see the Liverpool crowd again doing a GCW uh, show, doing the GCW chants, and uh, I'm looking forward to their return next year and kind of interested in see. I want to see, like, kind of these same wrestlers, but in obviously different matches against different people just to see how much Dan Maloney got better as a wrestler. Leon Slater, Day Reese, Kings of the North. I would like to see how much they improved uh, and against other GCW wrestlers to see more of a variety and tell more of a story and give us more of a reason to get invested into these TNT talents because their look, their in-ring style, their presentation, it's all fantastic. I just, I want to see more of it to get behind it more fully for the next time they go out there to Liverpool. So just for fun, a stacked card, like a real stacked card. It would be cool to have a great card. You do a great show. And then you have a second call, a show called Run It Back, maybe six months, a year later. And literally have the same card and see what happens between those guys again. Yeah. That would make for some really interesting TV. That is if they're all there still. That's true too. Yeah. Cause especially nowadays yeah. with all these, with just wrestling in general, let alone indie wrestling blowing up, uh, who knows how much longer we're going to have Nick Wayne, Jay Reese, Leon Slater, Cardona. Like who knows by the time they go back next year, who's still out there available to represent GCW and represent TNT. Do you want to go over the memorable moments of the night, John? Yeah, you know what? I kept it kind of short this time so that it didn't run into too much. I know that with these um, with these shows, it seems that they are uh, they're a little shorter, and that's fine. So, in here on my memorable moments, I have right off the bat, Darius, 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 Darius. We need Darius. We want Darius. He does his fucking job, and he does it well. The Blake Robbie X opener. I would watch that again. No questions asked. The fans obviously were happy. Bring him over anytime. 
fast-paced six-man match. Um, it needed more time. I'm just going to say it again. But I also see your side of it where um, they did everything they needed to do. How much more could you have put in? And honestly, I mean, it was like a shot versus a beer. I mean, it's just boom. It yeah. goes down real quick. And that's just how it was. But I, I'm looking forward to having TNT show up on American shores if they ever do. I hope that they do. And the last thing I really wanted to say when it comes to this show was um, thank you, TNT, and thank you to the fellow fans out there on the other side of the ocean. You guys fucking rock. Yes, I second that thing, uh, second that statement, because I just hope if TNT does come over, we have a big shoes to fill to give TNT the same reactions that they gave our yep. GCW fans, because... Like I said, those fans were the all-stars of the weekend for me. And like my, my memorable moment is once again, a third night of them, the crowd just absolutely eating alive their GCW shows, enjoying having GCW for their weekend and having just a fun three shows on a crazy weekend. And they all had, looks like they all had fun. The wrestlers, when we saw yeah. pictures of what, what they're doing over there, they looked like they were having fun. So uh, glad to see a nice partnership overseas. Uh, gelling together because as we see gcw kind of it's good uh has good relationships with a lot of companies out there so it's kind of nice seeing them all work together because i think when wrestlers companies all work together put egos aside and give fans what they want if you give the fans what they want you're never really going to have a bad show because the fans are getting what they want and they will leave happy so this these two companies did a very great job of uh telling that story throughout this event throughout the whole weekend and as we saw the fans absolutely enjoyed it and that made us fans at home enjoy it more mm -hmm. so memorable moment was again fans for me uh want to see more day reese definitely want to see that and seeing uh i would like to see those the the death match as you said the death match tag team maybe run it back as you said i would like to see them run it back uh at ac with a little bit more time with the ac crowd mm -hmm. going in nuts and crazy um that is one match i would like to see in the future as well and that will be it for tnt versus gcw that will also be it for gcw's uh overseas tour in liverpool i think it was a great success like i said mm -hmm. Definitely wouldn't mind seeing it. Well, we're going to see it again, so I can't wait to see it again. Um, and yes, uh, that, was, that was a fun show. Fun. It was even like just incredible watching just how much the fans enjoyed it. Just I just like watching wrestlers have fun. I like seeing fans have fun because it just, that's what we do. That's why we watch wrestling is to have fun. So seeing everybody leave happy, get a great show was very awesome to see all three nights. And GC was just spreading its wings. It was nice to see them spread their wings and fly on another continent. Yeah, and it's nice seeing them traveling outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. again because uh, I know before the pandemic they had their they had a couple different overseas tours coming up with uh, Japan, Mexico, and like now we're seeing that everything kind of opening back up where they will be hitting up Japan. Uh, yep. at the show after this, they go to L.A. Uh, for GCW Shooting Star, and then they head to Japan for uh, three nights and did three shows there uh, out there. And then they come back for Fight Club happening on October 8th and 9th. So, um, yeah, they, it's nice seeing them. And I think they go right after that, uh, right after Fight Club and AC. They're heading right down to Mexico the following weekend doing some yep. shows out there. So, um, would kind of like to see what Miedo and Ciclope, if they kind of add in their little, because I know they had a little company that they were just starting 
at the worst time, obviously, but at the pandemic, mm-hmm. they're Vanguardia. So I kind of like to see maybe what uh, Ciclope and Medio has in store for the GCW roster, for the fans, for the shows. Kind of see the kind of their lucha, lucha extrema style in uh, in Mexico in GCW ring. So a lot of fun shows coming up for GCW. A lot of fun shows for us to keep on catching up and. Uh, Keep on putting out these podcasts in order in in line with the GCW schedule. So, yes, we got a lot of fun times coming up ahead. A lot of great action for GCW. Uh, if you want to see violence, please go check out the GCW Japan shows because that was just nonstop violence, 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 and it was a very fun show. But before we get to those shows, we will cover our next episode: GCW Shooting Star from LA. On behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, we will catch you on episode 26 covering GCW Shooting Star. And John, let's send him out happy by getting yeah. it right for once of these 25 shows. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Long, okay. Long live, live G. See, I'm early now. W. w. Fuck it. See ya.